to another episode of Three Wise DMs, the podcast where three dungeon masters, we've been doing this for <laughs> way too long, talk about all the things we do to try to make our games as good as they can be. Hi, I'm Tony. I'm Chris. When you were young and your heart was an open book, you used to say, live and let live. You know you did, you know you did, you know you did. But if this ever-changing world in which we live in makes you give in and cry, so live and let die. Boom, boom, live and let die. Oh, man. DF Dave, hello. The timpani drums, dude, in that recording. Paul, are, I'm a Beatles fan. Yeah. That's, a, that's a great tune. Yeah, so, tune. you know, just in case anyone is concerned, uh, that is not another Beatles song that is appearing. That is a Wings song, and I believe it is the first Wings song on Three Wise DMs. Hello, everybody. That was very apropos, again, if I do say so myself, with our topic for tonight, which is actually coming from a listener, actually a longtime listener, uh, Jim Laubacher. I'm hoping, Jim, that I got that correct, your last name. So uh, we talk a lot of times on Facebook, and he actually put this question into us from Facebook. It kind of started from my meme that we sent out uh, that was... It's when you you feel like the the party is not everyone isn't taking it as seriously as some PCs and it's Batman saying this is where my parents died Raphael and then the teenage mutant ninja turtles saying cow a bummer and like I just go back everybody and take a look because that thing literally made me laugh I was laughing on my floor for a couple minutes before I posted that one uh, so whoever made it thank you but it came from that and Jim wrote in to us and he said uh in terms of his strad group that he's playing he says strangely every person in the group has a quote neutral alignment yet almost everyone is treating that as a reason to quote live and let live not a license to kill with the exception of the revenants and some werewolves there's a massive reluctance to kill even obvious evil npcs like lady Vokter, the rest of the werewolves the druids the barbarians no one seems to view the theft of the gems from the Wizard of Wines as a crime. More, quote, live and let live attitude. Basically, if nothing is evil, we're now in a paradox where the group can't get out of Borobia and can't do anything about it either. He goes on to say, I partially fault the way the mod is presented. Everyone is a victim in Barovia, and there's no given reason to do anything other than the couple of, quote, please help with us, help us with this missions. You know, why kill the hag if not to get the gem back? Why go to the Amber Temple at all? Why bother with the druids and barbarians once the gem is retrieved? Why go to Argonvost at all? Um, and I thought this was a really great, we talked about this precast, that this was a really great topic. And I posed it to you guys as, this is like the anti-murder hobo. Like everybody always talks about my, my party are a bunch of murder hobos. This is the opposite. This is like my party doesn't really want to, kill anyone or do anything necessarily so let's go what do you guys think well uh, as far as them living and let live that on its face it, in theory that's fantastic because nobody wants that you know 
that army of meat, you know, of Ginsu blades just cutting down everything in front of them with no other possible solutions or ways to look at the problems. Mm. The game is traditionally set up, dare I say, make such a crazy observation. You're playing normally it, good characters who are heroes and want to prove themselves and go out in the world and make a name and, and, and strike down evil. And they wouldn't ask questions like, why kill the hag? Because she's, they're making kids into cookies. That's why you want to kill the hag. <laughs> if that's not a motivation for you, I can't help you. Yeah, that's, John, that's right. Like there. The, uh, that's very true, right? Like the, um, the good characters, like if you're playing Curse of Strahd, and we'll talk about this more broadly, but this is very Strahd-focused. If you're playing that, like, that's not the time to try out, like, what if we all did evil PCs or, like, kind of like, whatever, right? Like, probably not the, the adventure for it, right, Chris? No, for sure. And I think this, when I read the uh, question there, it brought up two things. Number one, like, session zero. Like, this is the kind of thing that is a good thing to cover before you even start. Like, we're doing Curse of Strahd here. Like, how does everyone feel about this? Like, it's gothic horror. It's going to be like, to your point, like, we had a ball, but we went in knowing what it was we want to play and a little bit of paralysis with like what would my character do this is what my character would do i'm a neutral character so i'm going to do this or whatever like that like as long as there's some level of excitement and fun in there i mean it's a combat-based game right in the end like right like there should be a couple as long as they're living let live involves rolling initiative sometime and everybody at the table's getting something out of it right and everyone's enjoying it as long as that's the case i think it's good it's just uh it's something you really don't want to get into later on. You want to find out at the beginning, this is what we have and this is what we're going to do. Like, how does everybody feel about it? And you figure out the, you know, the cool spots there. Yeah, I mean, the first thing that actually jumped out to me when I read this question, the first thing that I my mind went to was this is actually kind of helpful because I, I went with the anti-murder hobo idea, right? I went with that. They don't want to kill these people, right? They might beat up on them. Now, it sounds as we go deeper into Jim's question, it's a little more than that, right? But it's like the, I don't want to kill these people. Like, why are we killing? Tony, it's a great thing, like with Jen, right? When she's playing your girlfriend, right? She doesn't want to kill things. She doesn't necessarily want to be like, well, why are we going in? And like, they're just hanging out. Like, why am I storming in their house? They're just trying to make a grilled cheese and I'm fucking great sorting them, <laughs> right? Like, not helpful here. But the thing that made me think of it was, it goes to today, because uh, we actually went to, we did a double feature at the movies, but we went and saw the the new Indiana Jones, The Dial of Destiny, oh, uh, nice. which I definitely recommend. I think it's a great, um, it's a great way to end the indie series from what it seems like they're ending the indie series. It's hard to say, you know, you never know, uh, but he's getting older. And to get to my point, as I ramble here, it's all about the villains returning. If I don't kill them. That's nothing but fodder for my campaign because they keep showing up to screw with things, to put leverage on me, to mess with people that I've made relationships with. I go back to like the Raiders of the Lost Ark, the first indie, Belloc. He shows up in the first scene. He shows up midway through the movie. He's at the end. He keeps showing up and he's just screwing with it because he's not dead, right? Yeah, but I think it's a little different in that He's sort of getting away in a good villain sense, and Indy is engaged in his story, 
right? Like I think the one, like when you're reading that list here, it doesn't sound like they're fully engaged in what they want to do. You're reaching a point is like, well, why even be here in Barovia and do any of these things? Let's just go to the tavern. Like, why should we like you're as long as you're engaged with it, it's cool if you have a non-combat resolution or something like that. But it's I think it's about being involved in what you guys are all creating there. Right. As long as there's some sort of interaction and good creation going on, it's cool. It just sounds a little bit like we're like, eh, we don't really want to do that. And it's like, well, we're playing to kind of do that a little bit. So. <laughs> So let's just say this one snuck under the radar session zero, okay? Like, you're like, we were on the same page, guys. And it was like, yeah, yeah, we're on the same page. We're with you here. And you get into your mod, like Curse of Strahd, and then you realize that your players have completely different motivations with the modules pitching. What do you do? Yeah, no, it's an excellent point. And, like, but that's what I don't get. Like, I, now, we're, we aren't at the table. We don't know the players. We don't know how no. it started. But... Chris, you you brought up the point. It's a great session zero thing. That was one of your first points, right? Campaign pitch it. And Curse of Strahd is a very, very specific type of adventure where you are you are brought in and then stuck in Barovia. And the only way you escape is by taking care of the big nasty here. And what you start to unravel very quickly is that nothing is good. I mean, as Thorin used to say all the time, it's a shitberg. You know, I remember when I attempted to I attempted to tempt one of one of the little hooks I was playing with was tempting Phineas, uh, his warlock, into switching patrons where Strahd was saying, hey, you could take over for me. You could be, you know, the Lord here. And he was like, what am I the Lord of? You know, it's like what Scott has said at times about like the Monty Python thing where they're looking out on the. The empty wasteland, like, this could all be yours one day, son, you know? But, yeah, like, I don't think that that sense of it's really bad here, and that's going to push characters into that. I mean, the, the first thing is when you find out that they're making the children into dream pies. I mean, that is a that's a big old matzo ball that you just tossed out there, right? Right, but let's just throw this out there. I had this happen in a campaign, you know, a decade and a half ago, and it was a superhero campaign in Detroit. I talked about this a while back, mm. and they were neutral superheroes. Um, Which doesn't yeah. really fit. It, it doesn't. And I Even your up, anti-hero vigilante still has a very specific purpose, right? <laughs> Why are you even doing it if you're neutral? <laughs> I, you know, looking back on it, I have no idea, but this is what they came back with. The only way that works if you're playing a neutral... I, I would rather take an evil party, because when I'm playing an evil character, I show up at every side quest. Why? I want the gold. I want the experience. I want the treasure to, you know, fulfill my own evil, you know, plans. That's what brings me to the table as a villain. A good person has the flip of that. The neutral person, what, they're here to get paid? I mean, maybe, maybe. It really depends. They have to, I think they have more of a burden to come up with a a more complex storyline to hook them into what you're pitching. So my original question was, say this happens, you know, you throw you, your players are in a Curse of Strahd game and it doesn't hook them. Like, what could you possibly, what kind of audible can you pull? Like, how can you latch them into this? I mean, I always think that you could always influence what you want the encounter to be. And I think it's important to have non-combat and live and let live encounters. But sometimes if you want the, uh, if you want combat to do things, you know, have them come after them. 
like have them start the combat themselves, have them ambush them or something like that. Force the things. Maybe they run away. Maybe they come up with a different solution at that point. But you can certainly start to see how they work back and forth, you know, and find out what's, you know, find ways to help to bring that little bit of uh, what you're looking for as a DM. Because I think that, I mean, the DM should have some fun, right? Like it's right to some degree. He should have some say in it. That's a session zero thing, probably right. Like his section of it. Like if he's not having fun, like it sounds like, like, you know, he's not having the question. He's not having necessarily fun with fun in this movie because he has a particular expectation of what the module is supposed to go and how it's supposed to be. So it's just a, you know, a little bit of that. That is an, that is not even a question. The DM has to be enjoying the game as much if not more than all the players the yeah i uh, the servant dm thing is definitely not a not a thing that that's that's just a road to to burn out but going back to tony your point with your detroit superheroes uh campaign right so you could easily then say well how would you run that why would you even do it and people would be like well i mean look at like something like the boys right you have these morally ambiguous or even evil quote superheroes yes. here's the rub in that RPG of the boys, you're not playing Homelander. You're not playing A-Train. You're playing the boys, who are the people who are like, this is wrong, and we're going to go after these guys. Now, we're going to do it in ways that are not necessarily uh, good. They're not necessarily nice or legal, but we are fighting the good fight. So even in that sense, that where you're morally ambiguous. But yeah, I would, I would say bring the the party bring it to them if they're not concerned with how it's affecting the barovians they're not concerned about the people in the village of barovia about irena and and ismark unconcerned with morgantha and her sisters the the coven and that old bone grinder they're not concerned about valaki right i mean those are the first three big things nothing of that is grabbing them then just punch them Strahd shows up. The right. the hags show up. They just cont- like they show them how bad it is. Like show them how bad. And if they're still not engaging, I mean, I think at that point that has to be something deeper, right? That that has to be something either with the 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 players themselves. They're not into this this session. Maybe we want to change it and be an evil party somewhere, you know, and play the the villains. I mean, force them to make a decision a little bit. I think it's okay if you want to make a decision that leads towards a more peaceful resolution or something like that. But the idea of neutrality in it is sort of just, it's like you're going to be lawful neutral, right? You're going to be neutral good or one of those, you know, chaotic neutral. But there is no true neutral. Like you you, you have a reason for being here. You're getting out, you're going out, you're playing Dungeons and Dragons, for example, right? Like that. It's not just like talking and friendship, right? Like it, there is a combat element to it. There is something like you want to have those exciting parts there. You want to have the meaningful parts in between. But it's an I mean, at least for me, it's a bit more like an action movie than sort of like a romantic comedy or something like that, you know, like an Oscar film. Right. Like and it needs to have that level of that. But I think as long as you force them to make a choice, it's good. If they're just sort of like, ah, I don't really feel like doing anything, then then why even get out there and play a session, right? Like there should be something that they're engaged with. So those points are very solid. Yeah, it can't be like you're playing a video game and I've offered you a quest 
And, well, I'm just not going to take this quest. Okay. Well, here's the main quest. Well, I'm just going to take this. Well, you know, now this becomes time sensitive. Things are going to happen if you don't. They're going to come to you. The adventure will come right to your doorstep and, you know, share all the fun because you let Strahd, you know, run the table while you guys were off not taking quests. And guess what? You're not leveled up. You know, that's kind of, you're, I mean, if you're not taking any of these quests, you're not increasing your resources or building contacts. Like, what, 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 you're, well, you're, yeah. you're, what are you even going with it? Like, you yeah, know, the you first, yourself in the corner. The first couple things I would I, I would think of right off the bat are, one, bring the fight to them. Because Strahd, right off the bat, pretty much everybody who's running it, Strahd comes out real quick. Just to show you who's boss, right? I mean, I did it. I think every every person who's run this adventure does it. Uh, so he comes out. So that's that's pretty good because if if he's in our way of getting out of this terribleness, and then you start getting into the village, well, now what happens? Okay, maybe you don't care about Father Donovich and his son Doru, who's been turned into a vampire. Okay, what happens when Donovich dies? What happens when he's murdered, right? I mean, I murdered him for you guys much later i did it for I, you <laughs> yeah like i had him show up they dropped him off in a coffin outside argonvolst hole i remember that i got bit by him right opening up yeah. that. right so okay well now what happens well now he's turned into a vampire well maybe irena she doesn't have a protector because because ismark can't do it so what's happening with her strad is just gonna just take her okay are what are you cool with that all right what happens when all these things begin to occur and now the villagers are not at all – they're not even neutral to you. They are hostile. You are now the enemy. You are interlopers who are possibly in league with the devil himself. What happens now? Because now you have an entire towns against you, right? So there's all kinds of ways because you're, you're, you can make whatever choice you would like and you can live and let live. But that living and let living is going to turn into, okay, these people aren't cool with now more people who are going to just screw them over or not pay attention, right? Ironically, one of the advantages for this DM is that they are in Ravenloft. And you're like, what possible advantage could that be? Well, if you're in an open sandbox, I'm like, I don't like what's going on here. I'm going to leave. We're going south. You know, we're going west. You don't have that luxury. So I think the key word here is consequences, even to the lack of action. And I think it's at the heart. I mean, it doesn't have to. You can think of it like because uh, Ravenloft is a horror based thing. It's gothic horror, but like a horror movie, like right, like understanding that if you don't make if you don't open the door, right, the the thing doesn't jump out like the story doesn't continue like it doesn't make for a good story if i'm just always making a thing like you have to enter into this there has to be something like it's a horror story i have to open the door i have to uh the vampire jumps out like i i i don't know about like living a bunch like letting a bunch of like werewolves and other stuff live i mean i guess in a twilight now you know post twilight they (laughs) they they could be considered that they're an okay clan but you know, a lot of this is undead, and to your point, I mean, it's Strahd. Like, at least you have to be pissed off about Strahd. If you're not pissed off anything about else, you're like, the fish things from the head down, I'm just going to go after Strahd. But you should at least have something, because otherwise, why are you in Barovia? That's the worst place to get stranded, to Tony's point. I mean, you're 
you're there and, and, and everything stinks until you go and fix it. So even the food. Yeah. <laughs> it missed everybody's depressed and everything like that. And to your point, Dave, I think that's a really good way to do it is eventually people are going to be tired of a bunch of freeloaders hanging out in town, not doing anything. Right. It's like a lot of the same things come to you from different ways. They're not. Yeah, they're not going to open their doors to you and stuff. But I, I can understand where it's tough because, I mean, like you like Jim said in it, like even uh, very evil NPCs like Lady Vokter. Now, I would say when I had you guys introduced to Lady Vokter, I was really expecting that to turn a bit more into a, a little bit of a longer going uh, escapade, especially because I had had Morgantha escape from Old Bone Grinder and show up actually Morgantha and one of the other hags one of her daughters show up they escaped and showed up in Velaki and were working with Lady Vokter and that was kind of the big reveal when she invited you guys to dinner and then at that point because of the party you were you were like well this doesn't this doesn't stand so we're going to kill you you're done right this is it because the mod it's the adventure itself is even saying like there's all kinds of stuff that could happen because weird like factions that are happening in Velaki itself between the Baron and Lady Vokter and Strahd. And, you know, for people that that have played it, for people that haven't, I'm sorry if it spoils you, but like Strahd's alter ego that is also in Velaki that actually met with you guys once or twice, but that never got to turn into a full storyline. But he's just hangs out in Velaki undetectable as one of the like noblemen there uh so there's all kinds of factions that can be played and if they don't want to kill lady Vokter, she's probably really cool with that how is she going to use that now because she is a quote evil npc she's trying to use that to get things done for her lord which is strad so now what and then you got the baron who's being a real douche to all the townsfolk i mean that that storyline lasted for all of about 35 seconds until Chris or Scar, your paladin, like Baron, like did one thing and you were like, OK, this. Yeah. Sorry, guys. Game <laughs> over this. Sorry. You know, you just went Samuel L. Jackson and just like unloaded on him. I was like, oh, did I interrupt you? <laughs> did I break your concentration? You know, could have to a nicer guy, too. Uh, I mean, we were definitely playing it very we're old school, right? Like it, we don't, it, it's, it, we want to call it morally ambiguous. We, we don't necessarily think about it. It's a combat game. So it's the things, but if you were to say, okay, I want to lean into this with the players. So at least if you're providing some level of combat, but you're not killing people, what do you do then? So you have a lady walker or one of these other people. Do you have a jail now? Do you create some place where they could go? Do you take them, you know, off to the sheriff or something like that? Is there some kind of way you have like that high fantasy change where all of a sudden they're like, oh, the light shines down in the oven, like they see the error of their ways. But I mean, how would you implement something like that that was more than just our traditional old school, right? Where you go three, you know, there's four goblins here and boom, boom, all right, they're all dead, you know. <laughs> A lot of the the uh, NPCs from the way it was least presented uh, to us were pretty cut and dry. I mean, could some of them had more complex motivations and back, a backstory where they could have been turned? Maybe. But the vast majority of them were not, especially Strahd. 
like anything you heard about Strahd, there was not one person who had one nice thing to say about this guy. So all those people had sympathy for him. I don't know what you were talking about. Oh, no, he was the worst. No, there were there were two very specific ones. So there was oh. the Durst family who then uh, sacrificed their infant son to gain oh. more power from him. Right. So they liked Strahd a lot. And Lady okay, Bachter, their employees. Lady Bachter, big time Strahd fan, also happened to run a cult in her basement and also kept her, her dead husband in the bed under gentle repose for, I don't know, like three years or something. I get yeah, I, Now that you say that, I believe that was the point at which we're like, all right, let's go stab her because there's the guy. We actually think we talked to her about who this guy was. But, you know, I think that was all. Yeah. And then once you went yeah. down to the basement and saw she's like, there's a there's cult happenings there. You're like, OK, yeah, now this this obviously is is not helpful. For what we're trying to do. <laughs> well, you know, you know, if the DM tried to lean on that on the, you know, the devil side of the table, then what? They would have ended up working for Strahd because he had coin. I mean, is that what motivated them? I mean, it's certainly not, you know, overturning all of these evil deeds they came across. So great, they'll be under Strahd's thumb figuratively and definitely until they can find a way to to uh, turn the tables on them. Maybe you hypothetically could make an interesting story out of that with the right players no absolutely i think that there is a lot of fodder for that with a villain like strahd because the whole people are always like what's his motivation in the end and you can play it a lot of ways but some of it is that like these adventurers keep showing up into barovia and he gets to be the cat who bats around a mouse until like your party you know <laughs> your party shows up and now you know now the cat's in in for it right but if your party isn't doing that, maybe that's not their motivation. That's fine. Strahd does not care. He'd be happy to use you to his ends. I'll just continue and run roughshod over here, and maybe I can even pin it on you guys. I mean, it's interesting. It just sounds – it's difficult. If, as long as they're engaged and they're having fun with it, it's just like it's uh, it's okay to play a part a bit right but it's a collaborative story so if everyone at that table is cool with that kind of thing and what they're doing i like it but if not everyone, i feel like it's i don't know it's part of you're playing curse of strahd like you're there to rid the land of the thing if you're not doing that it's kind of like i'm playing chess but i'm just not trying to get the you know I'm not trying to take the queen or the king or anything like that i'm just sort of playing some chess here like oh, i'm just going to sort of move off the side of the board like there's a there, it, there is a game at the heart of all this is a game. And if you're not playing the game, right, if you're not advancing your pieces, then, it, it, you know, it, you can have all the role play you want around it. But you should be at least trying to play within the game. That makes me think of the there's so many times I get a Star Trek The Next Generation thing that comes out. And that just made me think of when Data is playing this like alien guy that's on the ship doing some research in their three-dimensional chess that they do in Star Trek. And he can't beat him, right? This guy beats an android. And at the end, he finally, like, gets him. And he gets it because he doesn't, Data finally doesn't play to win. He just plays to a draw. And an, <laughs> a, an endless draw, and it just pisses the guy off, so he forfeits. And they're like, you know, he was like, I just stopped playing to win now. <laughs> but yeah, that's it's, it's almost a bit of an analogy the way the question comes out, right? right? Yeah. 
So I think Chris kind of nailed something there. Uh, I would ask the party, like, you know, in its current format, are you enjoying yourselves? And if the answer is yes, then okay, then we can continue running on. Uh, if it's getting a little dry, then maybe one of the reasons is the characters' motivations aren't super developed or don't know what they're really looking for. And at that point, yeah, then perhaps it's kind of time for you to put them on the train. You know, it's just too many decisions. And because there's so many choices, look, you get a menu with 400 different dishes you can have. How about like breakfast, lunch or dinner? If that's the case, if they're if they're having fun, if you bring it to them and say, hey, is this still working for you guys? You know, in the way in the format that we're doing, if that's the case, then I would say look into if they gave you any kind of backstory, if they gave you any kind of motivations for what is their their character wants to do something. Whatever it might be, it might be mundane, it might be super big. And I mean, you know, hopefully, you know, you got some level of a backstory, you know, where they came from, something about their family, you know, old friends from their military days, whatever it might be, people from the academy, whatever. And then you can easily, if they're having fun, another way to bring the fight to them, find their pressure points, find their pain points, because if they're concerned about, you know, finding their long lost sister, uh, find, you know, whatever it might be, Strahd might be stuck in Barovia, but the way in which you got there as a party was not through Strahd, it was through his emissaries, a lot of the Vistani people. So I'm not, I don't think that he can't just send people out to start searching the lands for your people. Like I was going to do, uh, this is a little bit different. But I think it fits in terms of like kind of what I'm getting at. But when you guys got into Castle Ravenloft, finally near, uh, you know, near the end of the of the module itself was the first time we got in after dinner with the devil. You guys were questioning, do we try to rest in Ravenloft? I mean, do we set up like Liaman's tiny hut and we're protected? Right. And we can do that. And my thought to that was like, yeah, they absolutely can. And then what Strahd would do is have wolves like drag some of the villagers in and massacre them in front of you. So you you can see outside of the tiny hut and he knows it's there. He can't get into you. I mean, he probably could because he could dispel magic. But let's say he didn't want to. He wants to play a torture game, right? Drags people in. Find your pain points, right? Similar to what we did, what I was doing in Dragonlance. You guys for two sessions were in Vogler. You built some level of relationship to an old friend that you all had connection to. And then when the invasion happens, some of those people got hurt or got killed. And that was a big pain point that made you go, we're already in this adventure. We were motivated because as players, we want to do this. We built characters in session zero to do this. But now we want to do it even more because in game shit went down that I'm not, my character is not cool with. And they want they want justice. They want vengeance, whatever it might be, you know, but find their pain points like a car salesman. I mean, I think you could always uh, have additional, uh, you know, get into additional things. But I always think I took an interview class today. So, yeah, but uh, and it always been. But there was a question there and it's kind of what uh, Tony always hits me with was like, well, why do I want to play in this campaign? And it's uh, why do you want to work here? Right. And it's. Why are you at the table? What is your motivations? Why do you want to come play Curse of Strahd? Do you want to play Curse of Strahd? Is perhaps a better game, right? Like is a you know Call of Cthulhu or something like that, 
more your style or something like that. You have to, and when you're in there, if I'm playing Call of Cthulhu, I have to go investigate things. We, you know, we always joke about like, why the hell would I even do this? Like Tony was yeah. a cop, right? Like, you know, why am I investigating these things? But you're investigating these things because that's Call of Cthulhu, and that's what the kind of the thing is. You still do core investigations, and there's a lot of role play, but in the end of the, you know, you're trying to take care of the Cthulhu problem that's starting to appear there. So I think, you know, you just, you know, having another session where you sit with them and, and say, like, basically, what 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 are you looking to get out of Curse of Strahd here? Because currently, it does, you know, as the DM, you have to be engaged and be having fun. So you have to find out and find your place in there or switch it up, because I think everyone needs to be, you know, having the same amount of fun. And there is a fine line between your character motivations, which may or may not be formed, and your actual player motivations that you just touched on. And if they're not actually put together during the game, then perhaps being in a more structured situation, that's why I advise, you know, the train method, because, like, here are some things that can help you maybe figure it out as these things come to you. Like, how are you going to respond to the fact that Strahd or the Hags or the werewolves, whoever, is now coming and knocking at your door. How does your character want to handle that? Go. Yeah, because they are not inert things. It's not like in a in a video game where they're just, you know, like you're not there and they're just in like they're, they're just doing the the back and forth thing, waiting for you to engage them in some fashion, right? There's machinations are still happening in the world. Chris, to your point too, like there's nothing saying that I even did it with the girls' campaign. Uh, wrote an article about it, too, about, you know, session zero, not as a just an event, but kind of as a state of mind in a way you're constantly reevaluating and and having a little level of feedback happening. We were doing Rhyme of the Frost Maiden. It's just what uh, I had pitched several campaigns to them. A lot of them were brand new. To, most of them were brand new to D&D, so they didn't really know anything about it. But they said, OK, let's do this. Let's play this one. So we did Rhyme of the Frostbane, which is dark. It's, you know, survival horror. It's it's very Lovecraftian in a lot of ways. Right. And they were having fun. They weren't not having fun. But some of the people weren't as much into it as others were. And I could see that there was a kind of a core group happening. And they were still enjoying the adventure. But I brought it up. I said, hey, do you guys want – we could do two things. We could continue this. And we just continue as it is with the core group or we put a pin in it. It doesn't mean that the, the campaign is over, but we're just putting a pin that was season one. And if we return to it, right, if it gets picked up by the network again, then we can bring it back. Right. Or maybe it gets on Netflix. I don't know. You might be able to binge it. Right. But then at that point, you can then see the way they t the way they play and that type of stuff, because what I did was I changed it over to be much more. I found that they wanted much more of a kind of a really high fantasy epic kind of classic D&D &D magic and, and whimsy and things like that campaign. And that's kind of where we went into as opposed to survival horror, a la John Carpenter's The Thing, you know. So. So, yeah, there's nothing saying that you can't also change it uh mid mid campaign too if if it's just not there maybe this is just not the right campaign for them too sure yeah you know, like we talk about campaigns die sometimes if they don't you know if it's not working or you put a pin in to your point where it's just not working at this time or we need to come back to it yeah. but the main point is that you're getting together with four or five or six different people and you want to have 
fun. You want to play a game tonight, right? I'm going to play a game this session. So, and it's a game where we all get to collaborate. It's different than a lot of things. Chess, I'm going to be playing against you, right? Now I get to play with you together. So it's just making sure that everyone's there. It's, you know, everyone's there and everyone has a part in it, right? And everyone wants to be there and it's getting the same amount of fun at it. In theory, a campaign world or a game that you're running should kind of sell itself to both the player and the character within it in the sense that you could then see some form of post-endgame, you know, after-party, some goal that this character that you're going to play throughout all these games is going to get to that you find, like, that is the trajectory of my character, that's what I want to achieve, and this is doable, the dark and repressive ones don't often yield that as easily. You, you know, like in the fa- high fantasy, I slay the dragon. There's a there's a, a sea of gold and smogs horde. You can go become kings and queens. Maybe that's what you're looking for. The other ones are much more like survival horror. And it, it kind of has different rewards at the end that may not catch everyone as easily. Some players will give you their motivations, right? Some players be very verbose about this or that or other. The other ones, you just need a, you know, if you don't have that, you need a larger, broad stroke kind of motivation. What does this person want? He's a wizard. He's interested in finding more knowledge. He wants to find more spells, more power or something like that. Very often you can work with them to kind of say, oh, you'd be like, oh, yes, like, right? Like very often it's, you know, we do it a bunch, right? We write and do all this stuff. It's easy for us to come up with this stuff. For other people, it's a different sort of activity. And so a little bit of interaction where you're asking them about the world and maybe then, you know, asking them, well, what are you doing here? What, what's what's happening with this kind of helps to uh, bring that out. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think it's actually funny enough getting to be about that time, uh, which is amazing because this kind of flew by here. So it's time for final thoughts. Uh, so players that are live and let live, they are somewhat neutral, uh, a bit morally ambiguous and and or maybe not as engaged. How do you figure that out? And then what what would you do about it? So if we're talking about they're just not looking for combat, that can be leaned into. They're looking for nonviolent solutions to problems. That's perfectly fine. And actually, there are some cases, even in my games, where I love some like, you know, real crazy Marvel finale level combat where you could talk some people off the ledge if you really pushed for it. That's perfectly cool. However, you you don't want to get lost where you're either everything is just, you know, it's going to be like you walk in there and you have to fight them or you don't have to fight them. Leave it open. Give them the clues if that's what they want. Make sure that it's fun for everybody. So that's the kind of game that they're looking for, where they can go out there, have that heroic battle, but, you know, they can have the more complicated solution and, you know, figure that out, but find the hooks that they want as well. So they keep coming back to that table. No, I think, I mean, make sure everybody's okay with the TNCs, like the terms and conditions of your campaign and keep measuring it if you're unsure about it. Like, right, like, you know, you can talk about it before the game. You can talk about it over text. Make sure everybody's having fun and understands. And if you feel like there's a thing, very often a little bit of communication can help it out. And then just in general about the thing, like live and let live, has a negative space that is a live and let die, right? Like, so it's it's about mm. you're in a story, you're in a thing, right? You're 
do something, have a motivation. Like you're at a table with five people. Let's go have fun. Let's play D and D. So I think there's, as long as you're, you can have different solutions to problems, but have solutions to problems, like be active, have fun. So like, don't just be there just like, ah, I'm in town, whatever like that. I can do that myself. Like I'm playing D and D to do something heroic and uh, memorable. So. Yeah. I'm going to start with mine with, that similar kind of thing the session zero as a mindset really keep keep that that going keep that feedback that that communication going and if it is not working for people that's that's like the end point that's like the the you know let's say maybe the worst then you can always change it but there's a lot of things like i said the first thing that i thought of was cool villains returning right off the bat okay i get to keep bringing these people back I couldn't bring back Lady Boctor or the hags. I mean, I brought back the hags to a point because they escaped, but then they got killed. I could, I had to stop bringing them back. I had to keep rolling out different villains. I think that's one of the reasons the modules and adventures have so many villains in them because they all (laughs) die, right? So if you don't have to keep rolling them out, then it really doesn't matter who's in the Amber Temple or the Druids because there's so much that's happening just on the first half of the map in Barovia, for instance, but that's for anything. I would say look into their backstories and their motivations. There's something in there that they want to do with their character, and then there are pain points that you can press that will have them react. They might not care about the guy over there, but they care about the guy that's sitting at the table or the girl that's sitting at the table, right? They care about them, and that, if you start pushing into that, that doesn't feel quite as good. So that's kind of the bringing the fight to them. In Barovia, there's nothing but fight that you can bring to them. And in terrible ways, because as Tony said, they can't get away. In some ways, that's a negative because you can't just say, well, we want to go west because west is still Barovia. But there is find the strength in that, in that they're stuck in this arena and they have to face something at some point because stuff is happening. And then the last thing I would say is just like, think about when this happens, what would happen in the movies, books, and TV shows that we love? If the characters were morally ambiguous and didn't do anything, what would happen? Take any show or book or movie that you that you think of first off and just, it's like a thought experiment. What happens if Indiana doesn't go and continue to 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 deal with this kind of stuff. Belloc just slow burn. <laughs> yeah, that's you know, movie's over. Da, 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 right? It was like a thirty. Hey, there's New York. <laughs> yeah, like he gets the golden idol and escapes the the boulder, and Belloc takes and he's like, ah, well, finders keepers, man. I'll see you next week, right? Like so, like what would happen, right? And then kind of play that out. And I think with Curse of Strahd. There is a lot of fodder for that. There's a lot of fodder for that. Anyway, that is it for me for final thoughts. Uh, Jim, thank you again for the question. As we we have not done a listener question in quite a while, so this one was fun. Please, anybody who does have any questions, uh, send them in to us. You can send them in at 3wisedms at gmail.com. You can go to the website, 3wisedms.com. You can also talk to us, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. We're active on all those sites, um, and we love talking about this kind of stuff because it makes us think in in ways that we don't necessarily think, right? Because it's someone else's problems. Uh, but we also kind of find out that we all have 
generally a lot of the same problems. So apparently um, we just kill things all the time. Yeah, and whenever <laughs> you do, Jim, whenever you do, and and audience, whenever you guys do finally get around to having your morally ambiguous live and let live characters actually have to roll for initiative, we can't say any more about fan roll dice. You know, so feel free to go to our affiliate link at fanrolldice.com slash ref slash 2871. You go there, you get 10% off your whole purchase. That's it. Don't got to sign up. Don't got to do anything. So anyway, that's it for us this week. Um, This has been great, guys. Thank you very much. And as we do each week, we're going to let our dear old erstwhile leader take us out. This question came from a listener who sent it in to us. If you're listening and you'd like us to answer your question, please send it in. We're always looking for reader questions to answer. You know, we're the podcast for DMs with problems. We're here to help you with your problems. So send in anything you want to hear us talk about. Send it in, and we'll see if we can work it into an episode. You can do that by going to 3wisedms.com and entering it in the What's Your Problem field. You can send it to us directly through email at 3wisedms at gmail.com, or you can talk to us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We're active in all those channels. We're always looking for new questions. If you liked what you heard tonight, please give it a five-star rating in your podcast platform. That really helps us get the word out. Also, tell your friends. Share it on share it on Facebook or wherever, or wherever, you, uh, wherever you do your social media because that stuff helps us grow, and we really appreciate that. You know, audience growth is really important. Getting you know, listeners like you, per, you know, telling the world that they enjoy our show is really important, and that's the number one thing you can do to help us. So if you if you feel like we're good, please don't be shy. Don't be shy about, about, about sharing us out. And that's it for this week. We'll see you next time on Three Wise DMs.